0: Welcome to Help Me to Understand, a podcast where women give their voices to issues of social justice, political activism, giving back, and other topics relevant today. I'm your host, Felicia Garland. As you look around, you can't avoid the fact that we live in an age of political and social divisions, global warming, economic and racial inequality, and a breakdown in many of our social structures. And that was just this morning's news. I find it can be all so confusing and I bet you do as well. Perhaps you'd like to make a difference in the world, even if only a small one, but you feel you need more knowledge and understanding around the issues we face in order to develop the tolerance, empathy, and compassion you need to become a force for good. It's my mission with this podcast to hear from women who are working every day to make a difference. So welcome, curious listener, to this journey of discovery and understanding. I'm so glad you're here. Together, let's become a force for good. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Karen C.L. Anderson. She's an expert and author on mother daughter relationships, and she's a life coach. She's also the author of several books, including Difficult Mothers, Adult Daughters, The Difficult Mother Daughter Relationship Journal. The Peaceful Daughter's Guide to Separating from a Difficult Mother, Overcoming Creative Anxiety, which is a journal with prompts and practices for disarming your inner critic, and Actor, which deals with weight loss. Her expertise is helping smart, creative women transform their relationships with their mothers, and as she says, use what might have been a difficult relationship with their mother as a catalyst for growth. Karen's writing has been featured on O Magazine, Rebel Society, Women for One, and Elephant Journal, and she's been interviewed on over a dozen podcasts. Hi, Karen. Welcome to this, your latest podcast.
1: Thank you. I'm glad to be
0: here. So I was introduced to you by Mutual Friend because I was very intrigued about your work with women who want to change relationships with their mothers, that I guess that they want to change them, and there has to be the assumption that there's something that needs to be changed. And so I hope that you pass. Um, that's what I really want to focus on mostly. I believe most of my women are, and this is just for the audience, I think Karen and I are probably similarly middle-aged. <laughs> so I think a lot of my listener base is the same way. A lot of women, and we probably all have things about our relationships with our mothers that we'd like to work on. So, I've been reading your blog and also listening to your own series of podcasts, little mini podcasts, as you say, and they're great. So, I and I do recommend them to people. Share a little bit about your background first and how you came about working in this area.
1: So, I I have a mother. They say everybody has a mother, and we all know. And, and she has had a mother, has a mother. Uh, her mother is passed on now. And you know, a quick version of my background is that I, you know, did the normal life stuff and went to college and got a jo- graduated and got a job. And you know, sort of. Sometimes I look back, and it's sort of like I don't want to say I was sleepwalking, but you know, you you just sort of doing what you think you should be doing as i got more into my midlife and started looking within more uh, i started blogging in 2009 and that was sort of the a turning point for me in regards to my relationship to myself and interestingly the relationship that i had with my mother which had you know experienced its ups and downs over the years But it was at that point that it seemed to take a turn for the worse. Mm -hmm. And so, I I learned very quickly that I figure out myself. I learn about myself. I process life by writing. Mm -hmm. And around that same time, you know, so in the years between, say, 2009 and 2014, I discovered life coaching and knew a lot of life coaches and then eventually decided to become sort of a certified life coach, in addition to the writing that I was doing. And it was during the, the certification process, or, you know, sort of the, the learning about life coaching and mastering the skills and whatnot, that a lot of my mother's stuff was coming up. And that it, it was sort mother's of stuff. Yeah. You're perfect. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was interesting, because I didn't you know, I didn't think that. Oh, I'm going to go become a life coach that helps women with their mothers. <laughs> uh-huh. I think I was like thinking that I was going to help women around body image and weight, which, in the end, it's all intertwined. Uh-huh. But interestingly, I, as I said, my mother stuff really came to a head, and it became very obvious to me that the work that I did personally during that time to heal myself around that relationship. Mm-hmm. And, and in addition to the women that I was talking to inevitably would be talking about, you know, difficulties with their moms. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, I was sort of like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> There's this common thread here. <laughs> yeah. And, and one thing I want to mention is like, when you mentioned the books that I wrote, The Peaceful Daughter's Guide mm-hmm. no longer exists. Okay. Just so you know, mm-hmm. but I will, it's interesting because that book, I wrote that book. It came out of the, the project that I ended up doing to receive my master coach certification was to create a program mm-hmm. that women, women could go through to sort of start to address this difficult relationship with their moms. Mm-hmm. And it was that program that led me to write The Peaceful Daughters Guide. Okay. Difficult mothers, adult daughters. That book mm-hmm. is actually a sort of expanded, improved version of the peaceful daughters guide. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so that's that's how it all sort of came
0: to be. <laughs> okay, well, it sounds as though it's not as though someone is going to Google mother daughter relationships well, because my dad they, dan- they do okay because yeah. it sounds I thought perhaps people came to you first as a life coach. And as you're going, or they probably come to you both ways, but you're, as you're going through sort of a checklist of things and whatever their issues are, that that might come up. But so people do, women do identify, boy, I've got to improve my relationship. Let's see what's out there writing and who's, who's talking about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, again, you know, if you, the term narcissistic mother you know, or mentally ill mother, or mothers who can't love, or mm-hmm. difficult mothers. That is, I mean, it's it's rampant. It
0: mm-hmm. must be part of the definition of a mother if you look it up in the dictionary. But of course, then a lot of us have become mothers, so we want to be careful. Yeah,
1: but I do oh, yeah. want to talk
0: about that too. I do want to talk yeah, about that. Yeah, this isn't. You know, becoming I just, our mother.
1: Yeah, it just this by saying that the work that I do is not that I don't hate mothers. I don't hate Mm -hmm. my mother. And that ultimately, even though, you know, sometimes in order to, you know, the, the power of keywords, right. Mm -hmm. My work, I see it as being about becoming more human Mm -hmm. and that, you know, that, I mean, for, for some women and, and some mothers who, you know, where there is a lot of trauma and abuse you know, this isn't about them now holding hands and skipping under a rainbow for the rest of their lives. For some women, this is ultimately about, you know, ha- having some peace within themselves. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and then there are the, the, there's the sort of, if you want to call it garden variety, like, oh, she's annoying today. And how do I deal with that? And it goes both ways. I, I also work with mothers who are struggling with their daughters.
0: I was going to ask you about that. Do you work with mothers and daughters together? I have not done that yet. Okay, and that might be just, diff- I mean, you know, sort of like an arbitrator almost. Or no, uh, no I don't want to be an go. Arbitrator. You don't want to be stuck in the middle. But okay, well, let's make a note to talk about working with the mothers as well, because a lot of us are also mothers. Absolutely. But oh, going back a little bit to this idea that sort of becoming your mother, there is a quote that you've got on your website, and it's a little long, but I do want to. Read it and then talk to you about this. One of the most insidious things that gets passed down to us through our maternal lineages, whether our mothers are difficult or not, is the fear of talking openly about issues that are important to us, of expressing ourselves joyfully or seriously or angrily, or of celebrating ourselves. How does this inability for women to express themselves play out in a mother daughter relationship?
1: Well, I think the, you know, again, this, and this sort of plays into what I was saying before a little bit, That you know, this isn't about like mothers being horrible. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely about the macro view, which is that women in our current culture and in, you know, past couple thousand years mm-hmm. are not valued equally, okay. mm-hmm. are, have been, you know, literally killed for expressing themselves shamed, punished all the things, okay. and so the way it plays out in a in a mother daughter relationship is that I mean think about when we're you know when we we come into the world and 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 you know maybe we're four or years old, and you know we're we're not yet afraid of expressing ourselves <laughs> right and and we are just being right and I think in the back of all women's, whether we have children or not, all of our minds is that, you know, a woman who is too anything, too much, too little, too whatever, mm-hmm. you know, that the, the, the punishment or the squashing or the manipulating or molding or whatever you want to call well, it. It be shaming or. Will happen. Uh, yeah. And it has to happen in order for her to be okay in the world in order for her to be safe in the world. It is built into all of us, pretty much all women that, and to differing degrees that expressing ourselves outside of what's considered okay is dangerous. Mm-hmm. And you think that gets passed down. Yeah. From gender. yeah. So Sometimes it's, it's obvious and, and like direct. And sometimes it's not, but um, yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> The obvious ways are be nice, be quiet, don't take mm-hmm. up too much room, you're to be seen and not heard, you know, a look at you, you know, a certain look, mm-hmm. if you yep. if you're being oh, yeah. too much,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's the obvious way. And mm-hmm. the, you know, less obvious ways are, well, they're usually just obvious. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, are you saying that our moms picked may have picked that up and our grandmoms picked that up? And yeah, now they yeah, in turn sort of either they imbue us with that either because they want to protect us yeah. or they don't know anything different. That's what Oof.
1: they've experienced. Yeah, I mean, I think sometimes it's an unconscious right. It's it's you know there's so much and and this is like a normal thing right. Mm-hmm. Fear. We we have nervous systems that are designed to scan for threats. Mm-hmm. Right. That's yes. that's yes. part of who we are. It's part mm-hmm. of being human, and so you know, we, we quickly learn what the threats are. The threats used to be mountain lions or, you know, saber tooth right. <laughs> tigers or whatever, yep. <laughs> you know, and now the threats are very different, but like the nervous system reacts the same way. Mm-hmm. And so like, if i you know, if a mother senses that something that her daughter is doing could result in her being cast out of the tribe. <laughs> right. And that's that, that's the fear. Ultimately
0: I think, right? you know, if she's,
1: you know, if she if she doesn't have a good body, if she doesn't have mm. the appropriate body, if she all of that stuff, right? If she uh-huh. expresses herself in a way that's not appro- deemed appropriate, right? She mm. won't be marriageable. And you know, it's but like you the know, ultimate safety net, right? Is to right.
0: be and often it's married.
1: Funny because even though we logically know, like this mm-hmm. this is where you know defies logic. This has nothing to do with logic. It's everything to do with the animal fear mm-hmm. inside. Yep. So I don't want to give away what it is you do.
0: There's no free coaching here. Oh, I'm, let's do it. Okay, let's do it. So how do you help a woman learn to communicate more? Because that isn't necessarily a skill that you need necessarily with, just with your mother. Women who can't communicate with a lot of people, maybe a spouse, with a child, with a boss, all these different areas where communicate with the ability to, I guess, understand who you are, what you need, and then to express that without tears, which is always my downfall. How do you help a woman do that? What are the are there tricks or things you advise to do? Well, I mean, is that the kind of work, first off, I don't want to make the assumption, is that what you ultimately want them to be able to do or if that's what, what is they it want.
1: want right. Okay. I mean it's, you know, it depends on what they want. And a lot of times people don't know what they want, but It is, I mean, I think that this kind of work is, and the more that I do it, the more, or I should say, the less it becomes about, I mean, yes, there are some specific outcomes that people come to me with, but, you know, wanting and, you know, better communication, you know, as you said, without crying. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, I think it's how do we become more intimate? And I don't mean Uh sexually intimate, but like... A friend of mine, a woman who is a marriage coach, recently posted something that I found so profound, and it was simply, conflict plus curiosity equals intimacy. Hmm. And so, you know, communicating, right? Like, so part of this is, yeah, like, mm, how you know, what are the best ways to express or communicate boundaries, for example? But at the same time, so it's, it's like what to say. And mm-hmm. how to say it is part of it, but then it's also manage being able to manage what's happening inside of you, your your nervous system. Okay, right. Understanding your nervous system, understanding like, wow, my heart is beating because I'm nervous. You know, my, my heart is pounding now, right? Or I'm finding it hard to breathe, or I can't swallow, or right, and and so many of these things that are happening when we are in a situation that you know, con- a conflict. Situation mm-hmm. and how do we work with that? How do we work with our bodies and not against them? Mm-hmm. How do we be how do a lot of times people are like, Oh, I need to calm down i't I don't, I don't want to be angry. I don't want to be you know upset mm-hmm. and yeah, there are all kinds of ways that we can learn to calm down, mm-hmm. but at the same time, what how I see it is that it's We don't just, I I see it as expanding capacity Mm -hmm. to be in situations that aren't comfortable because, Mm -hmm. and that's life, right? Right. Learning how to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Okay. How do I, how can I be, you know, or, and to be like, hey, this is uncomfortable and that's okay.
0: So to back up, because I did make an assumption, women don't necessarily come to you to learn how to communicate better. They don't even know that's what they need. They just, sometimes, probably, yeah. They they know they're in this stressful situation. They know there's got to be something better, help them, yeah, whatever they need. And maybe you, it's identifying what they need.
1: Yeah, one of the like a lot of the women I work with are cr- very creative, and they fear putting themselves out there. They fear criticism. You know, they want to write a book or they want to. I don't know, the, the, you know, being an entrepreneur, right? Marketing, like all of that kind of stuff. Being afraid of using social media, right? You know, mm-hmm. all the things. And so, like, and it is. It's and it's not specifically her mother and her mother's mother that passed down necessarily. It's 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 something that's being passed down to women. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Like broader sort of. Yep. Yeah. It's interesting. I I recently read a book called Patriarchy Stress Disorder by a woman wow. named Valerie R- R- Rain. Ryan. I'm mm-hmm. not sure how she pro- how she pronounces her last name, but you know she, she writes about like just the very act of putting yourself out there can cause a trauma response, right? A trauma, you know, a it, it feels unsafe. Oh sure. And so we you know we don't. Mm-hmm. And women, ha- you know, I'm not saying that men don't ever fear, you know, taking risks or putting themselves out there, but for women, it's, it, there's like an extra layer.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, sure. Of, because of all well, we, we've already been talking about, you know, <laughs> like, well, I might okay. be burnt at the stake if I do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh,
0: well, for a woman, she's got the fear for a man to feel fear. He's feeling fear going out of the cave, but he knows the people in the cave support him. To go mm-hmm. out there. The woman, I imagine by going out there risks the tiger as well as being ostracized by exactly. the fucking game. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. I could see that would be very terrifying. And so people come to you looking for a coach, a life coach to, have to look at all different aspects, whether again, it's getting, putting yourself out there, being creative,
1: yeah. And then also just, you know, how do I, ha- you know, I mean, the number one thing, I guess, is also, you know, how do I have better boundaries?
0: Let's talk about that. What are good boundaries? How do you know what they are? What's what are, how do you tell me? I, I you figure out after talking to me that this person
1: needs boundaries. What are they? And it isn't necessarily just with your mom, it could be with other people. Well, yeah, boundaries are boundaries. It's, you know, people think of boundaries as, Often, as like a, maybe kind of like a last resort or I've had too much, or you know i I can't take this anymore, and in the beginning, if that's you know if you haven't if you've been boundaryless for a long time, boundaries in the beginning can sort of feel very defensive and angry. Mm-hmm. Anger is often a sign that you need some boundaries. I see boundaries as being very clear about who you are and and what you like and don't like. And with the caveat that other adults, other people get to do whatever they want to do. Yeah.
0: Our mothers somebody else.
1: Yeah, our mothers get to do whatever they want to do. Our daughters, right? Our adult daughters get to do whatever they want to do. And we can decide whether or not we want to be part of that. Okay. And so I see so I see boundaries two ways. One is sometimes, yep, very obviously about keeping out what you don't want in your personal space. Right. Like you think about yep. your house, right? You know, there's a door there. <laughs> and it's designed to keep out what you don't want in. Mm-hmm. But boundaries can also be an exploration of what you it is you want to grow in a relationship. Okay. And there are, you know, different, so like I, I sort of teach boundaries this way. One is we look at like, you know, what is the thing that you're really annoyed about mm-hmm. that you wish she would change? Okay. Right. Cause there's nothing wrong with wishing that she would change. Nope. But, nope. Right. And then asking yourself, well, how is this infringing on your personal physical, emotional space? Mm-hmm. What is it that you want to do about it? So like, you know, for example, um, this is a common one. She, you know, she calls me, at all hours, or she calls me too often or too much or whatever. Uh-huh. And so, you know, the boundary could be, the boundary is, it, it is, I, I see it again, depending on the, the nature of the relationship. It's a request, a consequence, and a benefit. Uh-huh. So we can always make a request. Please don't call me after 9 p.m. Uh-huh. The consequence is always about what you're going to do. Okay. If you call me after nine, I'm not going to answer. Okay. The benefit could be, we, you know, I'd rather talk to you at six o'clock or what, you know, whatever. <laughs> right. And I'm I'll be, be I'll be awake and better able to um you know have a have okay. a conversation with you. The thing, you know, the that request consequence and or you know, or action, if you will and benefit mm-hmm. when we're very clear, right? That there, it's a very kind mm-hmm. thing to do. Okay. Versus, well, she keeps calling me and then I get and angry and I, why can't she just, you know, hear the annoyance in my voice? And, you know, nobody's happy at that point.
0: Right, right. So it's, it's identifying what you need. So I'm just trying to paraphrase. Oh, what I, it's knowing what I need, being able to communicate it, not just get angry and, I assume she's going to figure it out, you know, if I'm angry enough. And then I guess the benefit really goes both ways. You're explaining the benefit for her, what she's getting out of it. And you know, there's a benefit for yourself. Yeah. Which is, like everybody wins, but it's, it's without the identification that you talk about with your clients, as well as in a sense, we learning how to communicate better. Without those, you can't get to that to this point.
1: Yeah, there's a... Um... Another, you know, if you think also about boundary, right, in the, the clearer you are about your boundaries, if Brene Brown has, you know, it's, it's a, I think it's three words clear as kind, right, the clearer yeah. you are. Mm-hmm. And it's what's interesting though, and this sort of gets back to what we were talking about with, you know, women being able to express themselves is that, you know, for a lot of women, clarity, directness, boldness, you know, claiming wasn't appropriate or wasn't rewarded. And so women have learned to be manipulative, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, and when I I don't say that in a mean way, it's that's what we learn to do is how to get our needs met because just saying, Hey, I want this. (laughs) Directly. Sure. It's threatening to some people. So when we, you know, when we've had a long relationship with our mothers, for example, and we've done it a certain way for 40, 50 years, mm-hmm. right? When we introduce some change in that, there's some awkwardness, there's some discomfort, but mm-hmm. ultimately the kindness and the the wanting something to change out of respect for yourself, mm-hmm. right? Can only, yeah. even when, you know, I'll give you an ex- a personal example. The, um, you know, I, I did, there was a period of time where I didn't speak to my mom and we eventually, you know, came back together and had a visit. And at the end of the visit, she was, you know, happy. And she said, you know, does this mean that we can talk more often? And I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I don't, I don't remember you know, how long it was, but at a certain point, I asked her if she wanted to get back together again mm-hmm. in person and because we live about. 300 miles apart Mm -hmm. and at that point i think i don't know what had happened but she said no i don't see the point you make me uncomfortable right like the changes that i had made had made Mm made her uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and initially right this is kind of like my point before about you know this isn't about like we don't turn into robots who don't cry or don't (laughs) (laughs) feel uncomfortable right right so, you know, when she said that and she said it in an email, I mm-hmm. was hurt mm-hmm. and I yep. noticed that I was hurt yep. and then I was angry and I noticed that I was angry mm-hmm. and then I was like, oh, all right, well, let me know if you change your mind, mm-hmm. right? There was a, I, I, what I wanted was kindness, right? I, and that was like, you know, the, another sort of aspect to boundaries and that clarity is what is it that we value? hmm and how can I employ my values in support of my boundaries? Mm-hmm. And that is, that is a lesson taken directly from a woman named Randy Buckley, who okay. I'm certified in her process, which is, is healthy boundaries for kind people. <laughs> <laughs> well, a uh, couple thoughts there
0: came to mind. And I think if I got this right. I think you said this earlier. You want women to get comfortable about being uncomfortable.
1: I don't
0: want them to if no, no, in, no, you no, know, it's 12, a if part it's of the part process. Of, yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, uh, God, the other one. Uh, oh, the fact that a woman can understand now these things about herself and about fear and all the different things and understanding how, as a woman, I may have been it, not free to express myself. And I could see how that might help that woman. Now look at her own. Look at her mother's situation, and perhaps be more tolerant mm-hmm. of the mom, which is probably also helpful to the relationship. Hundred percent. Let it kind of you be more apt to let it kind of roll off your back, knowing that that's what she's had to had to live with as well. But one of the things that before, because I do want to talk about your a little bit about after, if you want to, and then of course your new book, and maybe not in that order, but you talk about also working with women whose mothers have passed.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Is, that, yeah. is that different
1: somehow because they've passed? No, I mean, you know, really it is, I'm, I'm coaching the person in the room or the Zoom room or the phone or wherever mm-hmm. it is, you know, not her mother. And the really, you know, one way we can define a relationship is our thoughts and feelings about the person. Mm-hmm. So whether they're alive or not alive, right? Mm-hmm. It is your relationship to her exists in your head and in your body. Okay. And so, you know, for, for some women working on the relationship, even though she's dead, right, is helpful to her. Mm-hmm. It's not about necessarily, you know, obviously she, the mother's not there anymore. Like that's not going to change, but uh-huh. he can feel better, right? Mm-hmm. You know, here's another thing. A lot of women believe that they can't be truly happy and free until their mothers die. Oh my gosh, I've, I've had tell me that. And I've, uh, in fact, I know a woman who she's a friend of mine, Um, not really, well, somebody I know, whose mother died a couple of months ago. And she, she said, you know, now I'm, I, I'm 100% free. And it, there's a part of me that's like, Oh, come on, you can be free before she dies. Mm-hmm. And, and And I do believe that. And I also believe that, you know, for some women, it's, they're just not going to make that shift until that point. And that's okay too. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You know, there's another piece to this, which is there are a lot of women who wish their mothers would die. And there are a lot of women who, (laughs) I spoke to one recently, who is kind of regretting having children. And these are conversations. These are things that women are not allowed to say. Mm -hmm. And I want to be a space to be honest. And like, Mm -hmm. if we can be more honest and not keep all this inside Mm -hmm. and to be human, which doesn't necessarily mean, you know, like just acknowledging that we are not these one dimensional creatures that only feel love and are nurturing.
0: (laughs) That also sounds as though you're, you're not going to judge them the way society. I mean, how many people could go to somebody, even a very, very close friend and admit you know, I, I've, I would feel relief if she died. Yeah. Uh, which uh, I used to do financial planning. And I ran across an article not too, not a couple of years ago, I guess, in the New York Times. And it's sort of the reverse of what you just said, where here's a woman who can kind of can't wait to, her mother passes on. In this particular case, the title of the article was At 75, Taking Care of My Mom, Age 99. We didn't think she'd live this long. (coughs) In our culture, I think it's very typical, not in every culture, obviously, for your parents to move out of, to not live with your parents, that somehow that's a failure on somebody's part that you're living with your mom. But I do see women, and my mom just personally, has lived with me on and off mostly for 15 years. But the idea of being 75 and still taking care of your mom and not having any space for yourself scares the crap out of me personally. I'm sure there you must have clients who are also dealing with that. We don't have to spend a lot of time on it, but just women who end up, you know, the mom basically, it's not the boomerang child, it's the boomerang parent.
1: Basically. Yeah. You know, the the one of the you know facts of the United States especially is that we, you know, our medical and insurance and all of that, right? Like really, and the way, the way, you know, care is set up
0: mm-hmm.
1: is, um, makes it very, very difficult. But I also think that, and and you had mentioned this in, you know, when we were interacting in, you know, with your, the show notes that you were sent me about dealing, thinking about guilt and dealing with guilt. So this is like a, a good time to talk about that as well. Oh, Guilt is big. Guilt, guilt, guilt. Is <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah, like the idea that, uh, oh, I'm going to have to take care of my mother or do for her in some way that I actually don't want to do. Mm-hmm. And so the, the thing that a lot of women find themselves is in this like horrible either or, which is either I take care of her and feel resentful and angry, or I don't and feel guilty and regretful.
0: Oh, yeah. And society, I can tell you which way society comes down. You're supposed to be taking care of mom. That's just the.
1: And that's the bias. I one. see it is that, you know, and that's like nobody wants to be in that, right? There's no, that's you're no, no win. win. Yep. And so it really becomes about like, how do, you know, how do I want to manage my mind around this? Mm-hmm. And, you know, if I tell myself I have to and I'm, you know, and this is going to suck, then yeah, you're likely to feel. Resentful. Mm -hmm. And when we get ourselves into that sort of intractable place, there's no room for creative solution. I also very much believe that nobody has to do anything. And managing that, right? Like Mm -hmm. deciding very clearly and consciously, no, I am not going to take care of my mother. And I am going to work towards, you know, doing that in a clean way mm-hmm. so that I don't feel guilty and, and regretful for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. It is possible. Yeah. You know, I mean, my, my grandmother, I, I became my grandmother's legal guardian for a number of reasons. And I remember uh, she was still living at home. Mm-hmm. And everybody was like, well, what if she falls? I was, you know, I've said it was like her legal guardian. But at that right. point, she was still with it enough to take care of herself, even though not really, but legally.
0: <laughs> well, you, you weren't in there day to day doing all that. Yeah. Like, well, I don't know this for a fact, but it doesn't sound like you were doing no, all of the physical care as well. People,
1: you know, people like, what if she falls and breaks her hip? And I remember thinking, well, then she falls and breaks her hip and then we deal with it. Right. You can't be there 24-7
0: carrying her around.
1: And 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 in fact, she actually did fall. She, she didn't break her hip. And at that point, then my duties became more direct. And mm-hmm. she ended up in a, you know, she was in the hospital and, we, and she ended up in a nursing home and that's where she stayed. Mm-hmm. And she didn't want that, though. Of course not. And, you know, it's like we have to learn to make hard decisions. Right. And kind of grow up a little bit. Mm -hmm. And when I say that, I don't mean it like that everyone is not grown up, but, you know, we have little, I know I'm still growing up in a lot of different ways. Oh, no,
0: no. I know sometimes with my mom, I can feel 12 years old. I mean,
1: she just has a way
0: of, either that you talked about the look, you know, she could give me or some comment that would just. But
1: but, yeah, the ability to, To have those hard conversations and to make choices that, you know, other people are not going to like, other people are going to judge you for, Mm -hmm. but ultimately, you know, when you make those, as I said, from what I call a clean place and what that is, a clean, when I say clean, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's as conscious as you can be. And it's, it's like, I am choosing this. Not like a default term. Yeah. Okay. I am choosing not to take care of her, or I am choosing to take care of her, and I'm acknowledging that there's going to be times where I want to punch her in the face <laughs> Throw out the right. way. Like, drive her to the bus station. <laughs> right? But I'm yeah. making this choice right. And, you know, no one is making me, right. Yeah, and so ultimately nobody can, yeah, so like the, those are the, I mean, it, it Ultimately, with like coaching and like what it is that we do, it is learning how to really pay attention to that thought, feeling, action sequence that mm-hmm. seems to happen like that, right. that we have no seemingly have no control over and mm-hmm. start to really look at how is it that I'm thinking? What is it that I believe? What is the identity that I am showing up with here? that is having that is ha- that is creating this emotional experience mm-hmm. that then drives me to act a certain way
0: yeah helping yourself out of that just reactionary mode
1: yeah and slowing yeah. that down and being like well if i if i have this self concept or this identity and belief that mm-hmm. has me showing up this way right mm-hmm. what is it that i can change mm-hmm. it doesn't have to even be a lot mm-hmm. right and so that nothing outside of me has to change, right? right. That right. I have a different experience of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes just knowing you have
0: options that, you know, they the shoulds aren't necessarily shoulds. The have tos aren't have tos. Let me find other options. So, and an aside, we are, I'm happy to spend a little more time. I don't want to spend a ton of time. Did you want to talk about your other, your book? Maybe no. just throw it out there. Okay.
1: Well, which book are you talking about? Well,
0: the one you're working on. I mean, I think I could mention after because that might be a whole other weight loss, might be a whole yeah. other podcast. Then that's kind of off. That. What did you want to talk about your book about your choices, or even reference it, or just leave it? The save it for next time.
1: Yeah, I mean it, the and I, it's funny because I since we last spoke, it's not that I'm not writing another book, but I I've sort of recognized something about myself mm-hmm. which that I am, I'm kind of wanting to take a break from pumping out lots of content, okay. which I have been. And, and it's funny because that's one of my own little patterns that I've sort of caught myself
0: in. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: You like observe yourself. Oh, good. Right? I'll like I, myself. I have is somebody who writes lots of books. I mean, not that I've right. read lots and lots. I mean, it's other
0: people. Mm-hmm. Who've no, but you have a lot, lot. No, you have a lot of content between that, the podcast, the blog. You, Yeah.
1: But Yeah. I've sort of taken a break. Okay. <laughs> from that. Right. I, I still write my blog and my and my I send out a newsletter but and I mm-hmm. very much enjoy that. But yeah, I'm sort of just examining okay. the identity that I was just mentioning, right? Mm-hmm. This identity that I have as somebody who and like why? Why do I identify right. that? Yep. So anyway. Okay. That's good to know that what you what you teach actually works. So
0: that's that's good to know. <laughs> Okay. So let me see if I can jump back in here. So we've covered a lot and I know there's a lot more. We didn't get a chance to talk about your book after, which talks about weight loss, which is a big topic for me. So maybe we can reschedule another podcast. Of all the things we talked about, is there one thing that you'd like us to understand better that we maybe didn't talk about
1: or you'd like to emphasize before we go? Yeah. As I I kind of said this in the beginning, but I, my work has evolved from being about fixing and improving and personal growth and all of that. And which it's, you know, yes, there's that and that that's important for a lot of people and the practical things about boundaries and whatnot. But ultimately, I'm interested in the world becoming more humane and I see the, un, you know, the that doing this work with somebody who can hold space for the whole mm-hmm. of somebody, right. One of my favorite quotes is, and it's, I think it's Carl Jung. I'd rather be whole than good. Oh, I like that. And so it's, it, it really is about not like this, you know, ever present need to improve. <laughs> yeah. The old perfect syndrome. But rather, you know, how can how can we be more human with each other, Mm -hmm. more vulnerable with each other, more authentic with each other? How can we have those hard conversations with curiosity and what might that change in our relationships? Well, you said curiosity plus conflict, conflict plus curiosity equals intimacy. You know, and I guess, I guess one other thing too, is that like, it seems like everything has been about being more productive, getting more done, all of that. Mm -hmm. And if I guess if anything, the pandemic for, for some people, not all, but has just shown me and, you know, that like slowing down Mm -hmm. and, and having it be less about consistency and productivity and improvement and all of that that our human relationships will greatly benefit.
0: Well, unfortunately, thank you for that. We have to leave it there. But if my listeners want to know more about where to find you, reach you, where to find your blog and your podcasts, where should they go to look?
1: KClanderson.com.
0: Okay. We're going to put that on the website, the Help Me to Understand website, links to all of your Your website, your podcast, and anything else you think we need to be linked to, I know you'll send that and we'll add it to the the Help Me to Understand page. Thanks, Karen, so much for joining me. This has been great. Thank you. That's it for this episode of Help Me to Understand. If you like what you've heard, please go to our website, helpme2understand.com to listen to more great episodes. Or, better yet, subscribe to receive new episodes as they are released. I'm so glad you can join me. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM Network. Sound Advice FM. Women's voices amplified.